Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Welcome back. In this week's podcast, we ask journalists from around the Euronet Plus network how they think the seismic events Europe has had to contend with over the past two years have changed the EU or its citizens' perceptions of it. If one thing is for certain, it's that the EU's role in these crises has not left its citizens indifferent. Since March 2020, Europe has faced a series of emergencies, among which the coronavirus pandemic, the fulfilment of Brexit and the war in Ukraine stand out in particular. Claudia Konopka from AMS opens the show with an insightful roundup of the last few years from a German perspective. We had to start. So many things happened during the last two years. Covid came upon us. No big thing in the beginning in Germany. A man from Bavaria had some flu symptoms. But the COVID-19 pandemic changed the world and the European Union, at least how the public saw the Union, its responsibilities and, of course, its limitations. Most were asking for more EU in fighting the pandemic. Others took it as a chance to do some more Brussels bashing. Here in Germany, we thought there was a silver lining after among the first approved vaccines was a juice invented in Germany. But then... We had to wait for the European Union, as we decided, and perhaps for good reasons, to have a common procurement. And our nation first became a topic again. In the meantime, Brexit became more and more of a reality, and yet questions remain. It is a good thing for the European Union and its affairs that these questions were asked in the German media in German hats. But the EU is still often misperceived. Whenever roads are getting bumpy, Brussels is to blame. Too complicated. Too much bureaucracy. Funny. To have this kind of complaint coming from Germany. What is not funny at all is what has been happening since 24th of February in Ukraine. In the beginning, it was so heartwarming to see how united we Europeans were trying to help and to keep Russia in check. But more and more voices are suggesting the need for unanimity might be the death of the project. Even before Russia started its war against Ukraine, Europeans from all member states had joined the European Parliament in calling for a change to the treaties during the Conference on the Future of Europe. So might there be a new dawn for the European Union? This is up to EU leaders to decide, maybe even as soon as the upcoming summit at the end of June. Let's take a closer look at COVID-19. Nikos Andritsos from Greek member station Sky gives his take on the impact of the pandemic. We can talk definitely for unpredictable and unprecedented two years for the planet, for Europe and Greece. The coronavirus brought us face to face with the pandemic. A test in all respects, socially, economically, politically, the pandemic has left its mark on our lives, shaping new conditions in our daily lives and functions. At the same time, it put us on a new path of remote work and education, new socializing habits, but also an opportunity to deepen the European Union to manage a situation that no one had imagined. For her part, 
Irina Nedeva from Bulgarian National Radio considers the Bulgarian media's mixed response to the pandemic. The coronavirus pandemic has brought the issue of EU functionality to the forefront of the news. News broadcasts began intended with the topic from a European perspective, with detailed coverage of research, vaccine approvals and the availability of supplies. This increased a large part of the population's interest and confidence in the EU. But the then government of Boyko Borisov, having become increasingly unpopular after almost 10 years in power, deflected criticism of its handling of the vaccination campaign by shifting the blame onto the EU. And Bulgaria's so-called alternative media used the opportunity to spread mistrust and fake news about vaccines and the origin of the pandemic. And just when we began to exhale, feeling that we may have finally turned a corner and could return to some kind of normality, along came Russia to add insult to injury, as Sky's Nikos explains. The pandemic lockdowns were followed by the Russian invasion in Ukraine, who remind us that nothing is given and nothing can be ruled out, even a war in the heart of Europe. The challenges, many again, ranging from our energy security to unprecedented inflation and the food shortage threat. But also, this crisis was an opportunity for joint action and new European initiatives for the energy and defense of the European Union. And speaking for Greece, the southeastern border of the European Union, in addition to the pandemic and the war in Ukraine, we had to manage especially difficult neighbor in the East. In few words, we can talk about a period who seems like a babushka doll, where one crisis follows another and one crisis hides another. Yes, these have been challenging times, agrees our Latvia's radio colleague Richards Pluma. But the EU has handled them admirably, he tells us from Riga. I am certainly not the only one to say that these last two years have been challenging for the European Union. Firstly, of course, came the COVID-19 pandemic, which posed serious challenges to human interactions and the healthcare systems of European countries. Uh, There was also a need to respond economically. When it seemed that we were beginning to recover, the war in Ukraine came. Both of these events have tested and continue to test uh, solidarity within the European Union. No matter how sometimes I would like to criticize the European Union for its actions or its response to certain elements of these events, I think that the European Union as a whole has responded to these crises in an acceptable way. No matter how sometimes we want a faster, more decisive and more precise response, I think we need to remind ourselves from time to time that the European Union is not a state but a union of states in which differences of opinion and interests have been and always will be. Not so, says Aushra Yugauskaite in neighbouring Lithuania. The Genu Radias journalist believes the EU could and should have done more. During recent years in Lithuania, there were different crises in the center of attention. There was the COVID-19 outbreak, the migration crisis caused by Belarus that we call here the hybrid attack, 
The struggling relationship with China after Lithuania decided to open the Taiwanese representative office. Dealing with all of this, Lithuania was looking at the European Union for help. But ever since February 24th this year, everything changed. When Russia invaded Ukraine, it became the main topic in the country and even its citizens are standing up to help Ukrainian people, for example, crowdfunding to buy them heavy weapons. It would not have been so, probably, if people would feel that the partners, Ailes, are doing their best to provide them. So the feeling now is a silent but sometimes loud disappointment towards the slow decisions of the European Union. Mostly because Lithuania was always the one saying that you should not make deals with the devil, Russia. And now Lithuanians are saying, we told you so, we warned you. Afraid that if now the EU and NATO will not do enough, the history will repeat itself even more dramatically. Mart Valner from Kuku Radio in nearby Estonia echoes this sentiment. It has certainly been a crazy few years in Europe and in the world with one crisis after another. And we can uh, certainly say that the view on Europe and its institutions uh, has been different uh, in, in the crisis. When we look at the war in Ukraine, uh, there is a gulf between Western and Eastern Europe from Estonians' uh, point of view. Uh, from one hand, the Central Eastern Europe countries uh, finally get um, recognition that we were correct the entire time about Russia and its uh, intentions. And the Estonian Prime Minister has uh, risen as one of the uh, main spokespersons in different European media channels about war in Ukraine. On the other hand, uh, being right about something so bad uh, doesn't exactly uh, leave one with accomplished uh, feeling. Uh, Still, we have seen Europe more united than ever before, or at least uh, more united than in several decades. We can now just hope that uh, war does not tire politicians and public out too quickly. And BNR's Irina laments that the war provided yet another excuse for what she terms morally irresponsible journalism to firm up its foothold in Bulgaria. Like the Covid crisis, the war in Ukraine has also helped to feed political division in Bulgaria and has raised the issue of morally responsible journalism. Vaccine disinformation channels were literally transformed into anti-Ukrainian channels overnight, and social media helped anti-EU politicians to intensify their narrative against the so-called West. In the debate over sending weapons to Ukraine, so-called neutrality in certain sections of the media proved to be a cover for a pro-Russian position, while Russia's gas cut for Bulgaria has encouraged a bit more pro-European coverage and increased interest in news from other EU countries in the same situation, the two-faced attitude of major countries such as Italy, Germany and France is being used by some parts of the media to promote mistrust in the EU. According to the recently published Special Eurobarometer Survey, which looks at the key challenges of our times, European citizens massively support a common security and defence policy and want the EU to phase out its dependency on Russian energy sources. 
tackling climate change and COVID-19 remain other important priorities. Our colleagues Tatiana Milovanovic at RTV Slovenia and Lucia Roales at Spain's S Radio Castilla y León highlight some of the national findings from the last standard survey, which collected data over the winter months. According to Slovenia's, the greatest benefit of EU membership is its contribution to economic growth. However, compared to the EU average, there are significantly more people in Slovenia who believe that they have very little influence on what decisions are made at the EU level. Slovenians are also among those Europeans who rate their knowledge of the European Parliament the worst, and who also rarely discuss European affairs with friends and relatives. However, half of the respondents in Slovenia are satisfied with democracy at the EU level. According to the Winter Eurobarometer of 2021-2022, of Spaniards feel they are citizens of the European Union. They are 10 points above the European average, which translates into a strong feeling of belonging to the European Union. In addition, Three out of four Spanish citizens believe that more decisions should be made at European level. And 83% of Spaniards advocate a common energy policy in the midst of rising energy prices. Spain also finds consensus in the future that they grant to Europe. Almost 7 out of 10 Spaniards are optimistic about the future of Europe. Meanwhile, Radio Romania's Florin Orban shares his perception of how his fellow Romanians' attitudes to the EU have evolved over recent years. Lately, the European Union was confronted to a lot of difficult challenges which really tested the resilience of the organization, its solidity and also the coherence of its policies. From Corona to the energy crisis, from migration policies to the Ukraine war, the way that the Union reacted was appreciated in a very diverse manner by the Romanian citizens. For example, those who believed that Corona was and is a real threat were happy that Romanians, through the Brussels efforts, were provided with vaccines able to keep the disease more or less under control. On the other side, when it is about the first period of energy price raising, Not few were the Romanians blaming the liberalization of the national energy market, part of Bucharest's agreement with the EU, so therefore blaming the EU. And when the Ukrainian war came, and the sanctions against Russia turned the energy market once again upside down, bringing huge prices for the fuel and then inflation over 10%, the EU was again between the actors to blame. Nevertheless, Romanians are still in their majority pro-EU, mostly because their mobility inside Europe was free again once the measures against the corona pandemics were eased. But as we are EU members since 15 years now, and we are still not members of the Schengen area, and the wages and pensions differences between Romanians, Bulgarians and the Western Europe citizens are still huge, the feeling of being still second-class citizens of the EU did not disappear. It is common knowledge that Warsaw has enjoyed a tumultuous relationship with Brussels over the years. But despite this, says Michał Strałkowski from Polski Radio, most Polish people still see the benefits of EU membership. 
Poles are consistently among the most supportive of their country's membership of the European Union. According to this year's Eurobarometer, as many as 82% of them are satisfied with it. This is well above the EU average, which currently stands at 70%. But at the same time, the honeymoon period for the European Union is slowly coming to an end in Poland. May 1st marked exactly 18 years since Poland joined the EU. During this time, it has become clear that membership in the EU, although it has greatly helped Poland's economic development, will not solve all problems in Poland. We simply have much to do in this area ourselves. It is safe to say that a less emotional view of the European Union has begun. Certainly, the COVID-19 pandemics has shown that the member states are still quicker to act than the European institutions. On the other hand, without a common market of 450 million consumers or coordination of the activities of all 27 member states, vaccines for the coronavirus would have been distributed more slowly to Europeans. Similarly, the Russian invasion of Ukraine showed that when it comes to the refugee crisis, the EU societies themselves react faster than the European institutions. Poles, without waiting for anyone, took in almost 2 million refugees from Ukraine in their own homes. And in the case of Brexit, well, it is clear that Poles are rooting for Brussels in this dispute. In Poland, the term Pol exit is not proposed by any significant political force. Instead, it is used as a kind of insult by political parties, accusing each other of undermining Poland's membership in the European Union. So even though the crises have somewhat dented the EU's image, the vast majority of Poles still regard joining the EU as one of the most important events in our modern history. I will leave the closing remarks to Gigi Donelli from Radio 24 in Italy, who sees the EU not clinging on for dear life, but instead emerging from its chrysalis. Over the last two years or so, I have the impression we have all witnessed the final transformation of the European Union from a loose association of member states to a would-be superstate with all its weaknesses and strengths. While several complex steps are still to be taken, Fiscal rules and common defense are just two of the many other examples we might debate. We cannot deny the fact that even the strongest critics have become caught up in an internal debate of institutional transformation. They have collectively abandoned the easy exit rhetoric once so popular and not just here in Italy. Brexit and the Covid pandemics were, in my opinion, two decisive moments. We overcame those two storms and today we may consider ourselves fragile but resilient. A European way of life, whistle distant from perfection, makes sense and deserves our efforts. Please join us again next week for another look at the EU news from around the Euronet Plus network. Mm-hmm.